Welcome back to another episode of Worst First. Our guest this week is comedian Ben Glebe, also actor. Also, I've known you for a hundred years since like the Unknown Theater. Uh, Amal, are you not going to use the mic? You just want to so comfortable. You just want to free speak. Yeah, I, love it. I feel like people should just read my lips yeah. at this point. They should know me. They should know me by now. 400 so, episodes of television know me by now. This is crazy. I'm, uh, congratulations. And just before we got started. Why, I, I, why did I drop the number of episodes? I've never done that in my life. That's I don't okay. Know it's good that. you know it off the top of your head. I've been in uh, two yeah. things, so it's good. <laughs> I love that. Um, no, I was, before we got started, I was actually so excited because I know it's been hard. I know there's some places that are open for stand-up right now, but not a lot of places. Yeah. And so you took advantage of this situation because you're a comic and you need constant validation, just like all comics. And <laughs> yes. you're like, how do I get to perform still? Yes. <sighs> I gotta get that fixed. Yes. So you created Nowhere Comedy Club, nowherecomedyclub.com, right? Yeah, the world's first virtual comedy club, and it's the best. And so it, nowherecomedyclub.com, you guys, if you are bored with the wifey or the boyfriend or whoever, and you're sitting at home on a weeknight and you're like, well, the comedy clubs aren't open, at least not in in LA yet, um, and I want to watch comedy, you can go to nowherecomedyclub.com, pay like, what, $10? Yeah, 10 to 15 bucks for most shows, and you see your favorite comedian's headline in your living room. And it's not even just, like, it's a good alternative. Even when they open up, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. It's a great way to do a comedy club if you want to stay in and be lazy. Yeah. The comic literally performs in your living room. You cast it to your TV or watch on your laptop. But also we realize we're like, we're, we're satisfying all these demographics that have never been able to see live comedy, right. like people with social anxiety, disabilities, people who live in bum-fucked Egypt and nobody can... Egypt, they just project the show onto a, onto a, a pyramid. pyramid. On the side yeah. of a pyramid. They do outdoor drive-ins. And, uh, you know, you take the the uh, horse-drawn situation to it. If they Do they have cars there now? I don't really yeah. know. But you, all these people that could never see shows can't afford a whole night out, whatever, can't get a babysitter, and you can have a comedy club show full experience with live laughter you can be seen and heard by the comic all in your home it's really fun and and we're not talking about like you know joe from downtown la performing we're talking about like sarah silverman bill burr yeah the sklar brothers judah friedlander todd barry natasha leggero jeffrey ross jeffrey ross steve hofstetter does a weekly show called ask us everything with comedian in australia daniel muggleton they hosted across the planet you couldn't do that at a live club i do a weekly show called Glebe Off the Top, Crowd Work, and Improvise Madness. Whoa, dude. And you couldn't do this in a real club. Halfway through the show, I, I smoke pot, and I start turning on these insane, high-quality graphic CGI face filters, and my face changes, and I turn into all these crazy... I play the devil, and I play, like, this Karen character, and I play, like, 100 characters on this show, and Whoa. just whatever comes to my mind, I fire the filters, and, like, the audience goes on this trip with me. It's real fun. But really, you're the only one who's high going on the trip. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even everyone... think I do the show. I don't think we've broadcast it It's all it in yet. your imagination. <laughs> it's very popular in my imagination. Okay, so I just wanted to get that off the top. So nowherecomedyclub.com. If you guys are bored at home or you just don't want to leave home and you want to watch comedy, that's a great way to do it. It's so fun. Thank I'm you. so glad to have you here, it's Ben. So Leave. I haven't you. seen you in forever. You don't age. Oh, that's nice of you to you say. You look the same Thank since you. I've known you. Thank you. Same to you. You look no great. No gray hair, nothing? No gray hair. Good no. for you. God I, bless. I, I, I've, I've had like I had a stressful time where I had like forty grays appear and they disappeared when I chilled out. Really? Yeah, it's weird. It like went back. Okay, what was going on? Why were you stressed? Well, Tell that me everything. was that was an intense period. I don't know if you know about this, but 
I uh, ran for public office a year and a half ago. It's part of why I ended up broke and broke ish and had to start this comedy club. Wait, you I ran, ran for, for president office? of the United States? No, you didn't. I did indeed. Ben. In 2019. And the fact that you don't know about it is why I'm not president right now. It's a big part of it. Could have used your push. You know Do you I mean? have a history in politics? Kind of. Kind of. You're like, I've watched. <laughs> I've watched I've debates. I've watched a lot of. I've seen the news. Um, no, I kind of do. I used to be like, I, I would be like a CNN guest correspondent or I'd be on NPR for years doing like political comedy. I, uh, I guest co-anchored ABC news. I've been very active political, politically. I'd be on the young Turks and stuff, but I really just ran because I'm one of the few comics that knows politics really well. And I thought we had to stop Trump and I didn't think that the traditional candidates would do it. So, so I thought you really went, I ran for real. Like I thought the only way to stop him is he's not a politician is he's a, he's a heckler. And the way you beat a heckler is with a comedian. And I thought we Dead. needed to try. So I like a full legit campaign. We ended up being like the 15th highest fundraising Democratic campaign by the time our campaign was done after some people dropped out. But you weren't on my ballot. I wasn't on your ballot. <laughs> I was on the ballot in New Hampshire. People voted for me. I got I like matched Castro and like Cory Booker's votes, I think. Good for you. So how wild. much money does that cost a it lot? It was insane. It's constant like fundraising. Press, yeah. Right. It was nuts. And I didn't want to do the fundraising like everybody else did. And that's a big part of why I didn't. I had to you end Use your point. own money. I started with my own money and then I did fundraising, ben. but I did like small dollar fundraising and they all are calling like rich people constantly and trying to raise like mad amounts of bank. And so, uh, I couldn't compete with how people. much money did you put into this? I didn't put in that much. I kickstarted it with like ten grand. And then what did you, what did it what did it all in all end up costing? It was like sixty thousand dollars. Oh, for your campaign. It wasn't that bad, but we weren't successful, so it would have cost millions if we were really successful. I was gonna say sixty thousand dollars won't get you very well. No, it wasn't it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. We You're didn't like, qualify we went to for Kinko's, the debates. we got some printouts. We, but uh... that's thousands and thousands of donors, <laughs> but we had like average of small dollar one, five, ten, twenty dollar donors. Wow. And everybody else had I mean I had a few of our max out twenty eight hundred dollar donors, but very few. And then most is like most people are raising millions and spending literally half of the day fundraising. Yeah. But you know what's scary about like wanting to become like the president or a politician or whatever is that, you know, you're a comedian and I know you've definitely probably said some fucked up shit at some point. Oh, yeah. And it's on Twitter somewhere. Oh, it's yeah. on like whatever. You know, that's why like I feel like as a, you know, when you do comedy or you have like that platform, it's like you almost you can never do that stuff because somebody's going to dig up something from 2004. No joke. Where you said something, you know. It was the scary. I, it kept me up a little bit before I decided to run. It kept me up for weeks. Yeah. And I, I did have my assistant scrub my social media as best she could, but still yeah. everything's out there. And everything's still is out there. She couldn't watch every video I've ever done, every crazy YouTube thing I've done, every yeah. podcast I've said, every story. Literally, not to make it seem like too noble, but I knew it was a giant risk and I knew yeah. for sure people would try to come at me and try to cancel me and I still did it just for the country. I wanted to try to help. Did come at you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They came People came up with me with like making up shit out of left field. Like what? Like, oh, there was this whole insane campaign these people tried to do to take me down. Luckily, I guess I've had a pretty, pretty clean life as far as anything offensive because they decided that I was touchy feely with female movie stars at the Telethon for America. This other political event I created or really non-political, but I created this event to help create historic voter turnout in the 2018 elections. Mm -hmm. I hosted it with Olivia Munn. We had like 95 of the biggest stars in the world, like Charlize Theron, Natalie Portman, Chelsea Handler, Amy Schumer, everybody. And I'm hosting it. And so like I'm in the phone bank and I put my like hand on Jane Fonda's shoulder and they're like, look, he's touching her shoulder. And they turn it black and white and they zoom. He's touching the shoulder. He's, he's moving Whitney Cummings oh for, a, for an improv game 
grab it. I'm like, yeah, this is like what you have to do to host. It's like, it wasn't even a thing. If I was a guy, I'd be canceled so fast because <laughs> yeah, I am yeah. a, I'm an Elaine laugher, Elaine from Seinfeld, <laughs> where when I laugh, I have to punch people. So like, if I was a dude, I would be done. Yeah. Like, I would be in prison. I would be. There's a double standard for that shit these days. I mean, for sure. I can't help it. It's like a physical thing where I laugh and my arm just goes. <laughs> like, it's just idle hands. I can't help it. I mean, so. Nikki Glazer has talked about this on my podcast, which I have to have you on. I would love to. And on her radio show about how she basically me tooed me that if it, that if women could be canceled that way, that she'd be canceled. She basically one time wrote a short film just because she wanted to make out with me. And she just wrote this like pretty shitty short film just so we could make out all day. Dead. And she admits it. She's like, that's the only reason I did that. Just to kiss you? Yeah. Weird. I know. I mean, I love her. She's a dear friend. I love friend. her too. She's really good. But it, and but here also, it's in some way, it's a deserved double standard because I don't think guys mind. Girls, it's a different situation. You're much more vulnerable. Some guys I mind. I heard that. I was like, okay. I felt pretty good about myself. I got myself in a lot of trouble. Not to turn this on me, but what happened? just to make you feel better. Please. Um, I hosted the daytime Emmys in like 2014 and yeah. I was so inexperienced. I've never done a red carpet. I never was like prepared. It was just because when I was popular on Vine, they were like, we want someone with like a lot of numbers to yeah, host it. Yeah. And I hosted it with some YouTuber like Lauren Elizabeth and some other people. Right. And so the day before I was like, when am I getting like the press packet who ever tells you who everyone is and what they're nominated for? <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause I need that to know yeah, what I'm you doing. Do. So they don't get it till me till the morning of. And I'm already inexperienced. And I'm Ooh. like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so they're like, you're hosting the daytime Emmys. And like, here's all the people. And it's literally like a 40-page packet with pictures this small, black and white, saying what people are nominated for. And I didn't realize, like, I'm thinking the regular Emmys. Like, I'm going to know who most of these people are. <laughs> Bitch, the daytime Emmys is all soaps. Different world, yeah. It's a totally it's different, a different world. world. And I didn't know who, like, anyone was, right? And so I get there and I go, hey, guys, like you got me the packet this morning and I feel very unprepared and da 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 da, da. And they go, oh, it's OK. We're going to have um, a, a feeder with you. This guy who is going to tell you right before the person comes up to you what they're nominated for, what their name is. OK. And I'm like, OK. And I was really nervous. And then the guy literally just disappears. <laughs> like halfway through, all these people are coming and then they're coming too fast. And so he's just like, oh, I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Because the, they were coming down the procession yeah. line too quickly. And I got really nervous. And when I'm nervous, I make really bad jokes. <laughs> and I say inappropriate things. And so this 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 guy comes up. Um, I believe his name's Ryan Peavy or Levy. Peavy, I think. Ryan Peavy. He's really handsome. He's on, He was on a star of a soap, right? And he comes up and he was so good looking. And I was like, whoa, I was like, look at this guy. And like, we were talking to him about his role and all that stuff. And then the producer goes like this, like wrap it up, you know? And so, I was, and he kept talking and I was like, all right, well, we better get you out of here before we rape you. Oh, and I said that. Damn. But that's just my brain, like too yeah. ADD, thinking too quickly. And man. Do you get pissed? Oh my God. I mean, I'm rightfully so because it's like not a joke, but I was just so on the spot and not making excuses for yeah. myself, but my brain went to the wrong place. You but just said it. It's, it's, a, it's the curse of trying to be a comedic person yes. on the fly. I've had almost the exact same experience. I hosted for the Grammys red carpet and all their events leading up to the Grammys. And I didn't have a book at the Clive Davis dinner, the big dinner they have at the Hilton where every musician comes. 
I got like a one minute interview with Whitney Houston one year and a day before she died at the hotel she died. It's a great moment, but I knew her, but I didn't know anybody else. And there was someone that was trying to help and they disappeared halfway through. Why do they do that? They were just got freaked out. They're yeah. not on camera. They're not, no one's going to call them out. Exactly. I guess. And I was, I didn't know who the fuck people were. Like I knew one guy walks up, he's from the black eyed peas. I don't know which guy. You don't know his and, name. And, and then someone's like, he's like seven of nine of four. I'm like, you're, I'm here with not seven. He's one of the no. guys that you're in the black eyed peas. Right. <laughs> he's like, yes, I am. Kind of a question is that shit? This was you doing the same thing I did. Yeah, same thing. Horrible. I mean, I didn't make rape jokes at the time, but <laughs> other than that, it was very similar. God bless you. No, I didn't appropriate. I mean, I then at the actual Grammys, I had a big crush on Naya Rivera, rest Hello. her soul, and I hit on her blatantly during the interview. I I asked her out during. No, you didn't. I did. What did you say? Uh, that's a worst first that's for you. The worst first getting publicly rejected by somebody. So we're on the the. The red carpet, and she comes up. And I just think she's the most stunning human she's in the beautiful. world. Beautiful. And I'd met her at the Golden Globes after party, and I told her she was the most beautiful woman on television. And she was thought it was very nice to say, and then we didn't really talk after that. Then she's all of a sudden the red carpet. And I remind her of that she's like, "Yes, you did say that it was so sweet." And I'm like, well, "Would you ever consider dating? You know, a no. red carpet interviewer?" And she goes, "And this is on YouTube." And she goes, uh, "Anything's possible." I go, "Oh, it's possible, huh? Okay." And then I was coasting with Sheer Lazar, and she goes, "He says this to all the girls." I'm like, "No, I do not." Correct the record. I didn't say it to anybody else, did I? She's like, no, he just says it to you. So she's like, okay, you know, we'll see, whatever. I don't leave it at that. We get off camera. The award show starts. The Grammys are happening, Staples Center. And I decide I'm going to go ask her out during the Grammys, during commercial no. break. Oh, yeah. She's sitting with the cast of Glee in the sixth row of Staples Center. I'm just backstage wandering. I had no responsibilities during the show. And so, I no, I, I couldn't, like, talk to her. And I also was a little afraid to ask her out verbally. So I'm like, I got to find a piece of paper. I'm going to write it down and ask her out and give her my number. And so I get this like torn piece of paper that like gets narrower as it goes <laughs> to the bottom. And I start writing way too big and I run out of space. So I start making my print smaller and smaller. And it looks like a psycho note. Like I'm <laughs> like holding serial killer. her family for <laughs> ransom. Literally. I'm like running out of space and it gets tinier. I'm like, I just think you're the most beautiful person in the world. And if you at all are interested in just seeing what would happen if we went out on a date, I would love to take you out on a date and see you again. And it's tinier and tinier. You can't even read it. And it's chicken scratch. And I'm nervous. And my number at the end, please give me a call. And I'm like, this is good. It's going to be good. For your number, you just put 911. <laughs> you're like, you just got so nervous. You're like, eh, call me 911. 976-666. Fuck. Dead. And so I then go up there and she's sitting like eight seats deep with the whole cast of Glee. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Touch in a little bit, excuse me. I did, I I go in two or three and then I didn't want to make it all the way. I'm like, I stop and I'm like, hey, would you please hand this to Naya? And she looks over and they're like, okay. And they take it and I see her take it and I just bolt. I just turn around like, let's see if she texts. Let's see if she calls. And take a guess if she called No, she definitely didn't. No, she did not. She didn't. Oh, but good for you shooting your shot. I'm glad I tried. Shoot your shot, yeah, right? you have to. I mean, I say this as a girl, and, and, you know, don't harass women, but, like, shoot your shot. Yeah. You know, you live once, and... You're allowed to ask somebody out. You know, I, I've been approached at the grocery store and whatnot, and it's not like, you know, obviously... One time, a guy was really cute, and I went on a date with him. Yeah. He came up to me, and he's like... um made a joke about like fruit or something. It was really stupid, but he was so good looking. And he's like, what's your name? And I'm like, I'm Brittany. And then nice like, melons. I actually like, did he, did he say dead, nice melons? Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so dead. Uh, you handle those kumquats really well. Um, so I, I can make a kumquat. What <laughs> I'm like, does oh, that mean even? You seem really handsome though. So what's up? Um, so my self-esteem is so low. You didn't have to say anything. I know, right? Fruit market date. 
Okay. So I ended up going on a date with this guy. And like in the store, we were like talking and he asked me what I did. And I was like, oh, I'm like an influencer. And he's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and then I was like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a lawyer. And then we go on a date and I come and like, he was actually really nice, but like we weren't like totally vibing. We didn't really have matching personalities, but it was so funny because he told me in the grocery store that he was a lawyer. And then when we got to the restaurant, he's like, oh, I'm a paralegal. <laughs> like, that's a really big difference. That's like saying you're the president <laughs> of the company or you're his secretary. That's a very different thing. So, I mean, not that that mattered, like, but he, we, we just weren't really but, hitting but it off. The, but lying about it was but, weird. <laughs> it was weird because then... I was like, well, tell me more about being a lawyer. Like, tell me where you like what you do. And he's like, oh, I'm a paralegal at a nonprofit. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm a lawyer. Asterisk melons. These are good melons. Though. You <laughs> like melons. So that's like the one time it actually worked. Like I actually did go on a date with someone, mm -hmm. you know, we ended up not getting along. But I mean, do you go up to people ever in public? Or Yeah. Yeah. I, asked, I mean, clearly um, you do. <laughs> I do. I do. And, and if it's not a super famous person, it's even easier, <laughs> but not successfully. But at least it's let you're less nervous. I went up to this very attractive woman one time outside of the Irvine Improv, and I was, to this day, I'm impressed with this line I thought of, and everybody listening should use this. If you see somebody on their phone, which everybody is yeah, constantly. Always. I just walked up to her, stood right in front of her, shook up, and I go, how are you going to call me if you don't have my number? <laughs> and she was just like, oh, okay. What's your number? So bold. Took my number, and I'm like, text me. So I got yours. She texted me, and boom, and we were talking for weeks. I don't think we ever met up, but we talked about meeting up, and that was good enough for me. No, it wasn't. <laughs> It was let down, but it could have been good. We didn't hang out, but we talked about talked hanging about out. Talked about hanging out. So it was, it was it's the hottest. Like hanging out. It was the hottest talking about hanging out I've ever done. And you have a girlfriend now. I do. Congratulations. Yeah, we've been dating three years yesterday. That's a long time. I know. That's a Thank wife. You. She lives with me. That's a wife. Yeah, basically. Not according to her, though. When are you going to pop the freaking question, I mean, dude? I don't know. I don't. I, it's crazy. It's going to probably happen, but. I mean, I you mean, know, you made it through the quarantine together. Made it through the quarantine. That's yeah, a lot. For sure. Because I know a lot of people that didn't. <laughs> I just, the, the thing I just get a little, uh, I just don't like the concept of, you know, stuff's going to get worse when you get married. You know what I mean? Like, I mean. And is, is that true? Because you're married, right? I'm married and I actually don't agree with you. You don't agree? Nothing's you know, getting worse? No, actually, I feel like it's so weird because once you finally make that commitment to someone, and I know it sounds stupid, like you don't have to get married, obviously. Like you can have this kind of commitment without a, a ring and a marriage and a certificate because that's really all it is, is the government going like, you're married. Yep. Think, you know. Yep. But I will say. You know, because there is a lot that comes along with it in terms of like, you know, legal stuff, whatever. But now you finally like you're really together together. And I feel like it almost makes you try harder because you're like, I'm true. I'm married. You know, like I noticed when my husband, when we got married, it was like, OK, I'm in 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 this. You right. know what I mean? Because it's like you're married now. So it's my worry is like, just the opposite that you're going to stop dressing up nice for the person. You're going to stop trying to turn them on because it's just a guarantee. Like you don't have to try. But no, you, but that's all on you because okay. divorce is that's an option. Justin is easy. You that's know what true. I mean? It's you know, so I for me, like it was just like I personally felt like, you know, I was chosen and he we selected each other for this and we're going to put our best foot forward. And personally, I mean, we've been married for like two and a half years and I feel like it's just you know better it's you know? good yeah because I mean okay. he's gotten better and and done better and I, I mean I have I think you know so I mean it occurs I was definitely to me, like it occurs to me now that my girlfriend is a fan of yours and we will definitely be listening to this podcast Aww. so I do too 
make sure. And then, then I'm happy, very <laughs> happy. And fuck we won't, we're not, everything will be great. We're not going to, we're going to keep trying great. forever. And divorce is not an option no, if we get married. Because it's I, actually, go great. I actually told fuck. myself that even though divorce is always an option, I tried to tell myself when I got married, I was like, if I'm going to get married, I'm not going to get divorced. Yeah. Like I am going to stick it out and like ride or die. That's why I've waited so long. Yeah, because it's ride or die, dude. 100%. Like, you have to, like, you know, and, and the thing is, is you'll change, you'll grow, maybe you'll grow different ways, but then you can always, it always comes back together. Like, it's almost like if you stick it out long enough, it's like you just are with this person for so long, they're like your best friend. Yeah. And then it's just fine, you know? I'm down. I mean, I'm in this thing for a reason. She's fantastic in, like, every way, so... If we can make it work. You will. Yeah, you will. I, I mean, so. you made it this far. I mean, the funny thing is, I will say, is like, you know, I feel like, don't you feel like when you're in like a long-term relationship, you just gain weight? Because you're... <laughs> yeah. I've gained weight in this pandemic. <laughs> I've gained weight in this pandemic too. And it's just kind of funny because you get so cozy and you're like, I'm happy and cozy. And like, yeah. when I'm single, I'm so like, nebbish and thin and like weak <laughs> and just like, eh, like I just look like a creature. Like I'm just eh, love me. Like I'm so starved for love. And then when I'm in a relationship, I'm all, I'm fat and happy and like cozy yeah. and you know, fluffy. Like it's just so funny. Yeah. I've even like roller coaster during the pandemic. I was, I, I got fatter and then I lost some weight yeah. and I gained it again. And then I've lost some of it again. Cause yeah. I just had this acting role that I had to lose weight for. If I wanted to, they didn't tell me to, but I was shooting in Atlanta for one of the big streaming platforms. I had to go and do like my most challenging acting role yet. It had wow. like some really dramatic, it's a funny thing, but it's also got some very dramatic moments. And, and uh, I had to like really be a leading man in this for like the first time I've really ever been casted. As, uh-huh. like, and I just didn't want to look bad. And I just, I went on this like 1200 calorie a day diet for Oh weeks. my God, that's less than I eat. It was nuts. What do you, so how do you have energy? You can eat. I, I've done this before. One time I lost 46 pounds years ago. I went from two... 23 to like 176 just by reducing my calories what do you, first what to do 15 you eat? then to 12. Give, give me you can still eat a lot. You just have to watch the calories. There's like, there's tasty things that are low calorie and there's tasty things that are high calorie. Like you can still eat like, I don't know, you can have like a bowl of oats in the morning with berries in it. And then you can have even a banana. Just count that that's 200 calories. So you only have now 900 left for the day after the oats and the banana. And you can have like a, you can have meat for lunch or whatever you want or chicken or chicken breast with some sauces, maybe not the bread. Do you do and low carb? So you'll do I like do a lot of like carb. chicken, vegetables, eggs. A lot, a lot of that. All of and that. And that works for nuts, you. Nuts. You can do nuts. And no, not really bread. Not really bread. But you yeah. can once in a blue have a piece, but, and you just keep it 1200 and you just, you just eat probably maybe four times a day instead of three. So you're not hungry as often. You weren't starving on No, that? I was fine. You were just pretty quick. I've gone it come back and I'm eating ice cream every night. And- <laughs> Jelly beans and like fudgesicles and stuff. And that's how I get fat every time. But you know. love a fudgesicle. I love that I like, as though I don't want to get other parts like between stuff. I'm like, oh, I did that one roll. Let me just get fat again. <laughs> and I'm not like, you either have to be fat or, or in shape in Hollywood. You can't be just kind in of the out of shape pudgy. Because they no can't like cast you as like the fat guy because you're not fat, but yeah, they can't just cast a, you as like the hot guy because you're not hot. <laughs> yeah, you're just a bad looking leading man candidate who won't get cast. Like, yeah, it'd be great if he didn't have that chin whenever he t- turns his head. That double chin action that's oh happening. Oh my god, that's so funny. No, I always, I, you know, I always feel that way too because I've always like I've battled with like eating disorders and stuff like that. And now I'm kind of like I just, I just eat what I want, but I eat in moderation. Yeah, I don't eat a whole bag of something. Right. I have to have really big self control. That's you know? the big key too. Is just you have to just eat smaller portions. It's the hardest yeah. thing for me, but you can still eat whatever you want. Yeah, but just yeah, don't have the whole bag. And also, have ten bites of something and be done. 
to gain a pound, okay? Yeah. To gain a pound of fat, yeah. you have to eat 3,500 calories over your daily caloric intake. Okay, I'm in. Is that a challenge? I'm in. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it takes a lot. It does, yeah. Like, it's like you have to really stuff yourself yeah. to go. But you have two pieces of cake with ice cream on it, and you're That's there. That's it. You're there, yeah. It's but, not that hard. But, yeah, right. but it's also easy to avoid if you just don't do that. Exactly. Like, if you want to have two pieces of cake with ice cream, that's all you get for the whole day. Yeah. Yeah, that's so unhealthy. That and two nuts. You get to have two nuts for breakfast. Just such bad eating habits. I used to be, I used to be like obsessed with this, and it was before I like got help with it. I was so psycho. I used to be on like these um, thin inspiration Tumblr accounts and things. Like back in the day when Tumblr yeah. was a thing, and it'd yeah. be like. Kate Moss quotes where she was like, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's right, bitch. And I'd like hang it on my wall and like- Air is the best dessert. Yeah, like weighing myself <laughs> every day, like figuring out how to make desserts out of Cool Whip, like fat-free Cool Whip. Like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> good, there were like cool so whip. many, like it was like a, it was like this web, like Tumblr account that would teach you how to eat like an anorexic. And it was like horrible, but I did it. And I was like so skinny and it was just really miserable. Cause all you do is obsess about calories, yeah, like yeah. every little thing. I mean, there was like, um, a recipe for like literally a cool whip pie on there. And it's just <laughs> fucking cool that. whip with like Oreo, a little bit of Oreo and like Oreo crust. And it's like, this is only a hundred calories a slice. Eat the whole pie. You'll be fine. You know, <laughs> It when was I lost very all unhealthy. that weight, I was on like a meal program and I was going to like parties at friends' houses with a cooler bag of meals. And I'm like, I need to eat this nut and grape sampler at 1030. That was not the most Stop. fun. But I look good. I look you would good. go to dinner parties and bring them a to-go oh, yeah. meal? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. I would fly <laughs> with it. I would like have ice packs carried on in my second I get the hotel I'd be like this stuff's been for nine hours unrefrigerated can I use the hotel's refrigerator please and they're like I guess they don't want to you would to take all me. your meal preps up oh yeah was there a company that you I've, used yeah it was it, like it, shout it, it, out. it was called my fit foods I think it's out of business now they were great but why do you think they went out of business I don't know maybe it was full of, maybe it was bullshit but it worked good for me I even brought my meal plan foods to Burning Man when no, I went to Burning Man I did I swear to God I put it in the fridge after a day I'm like fuck that we have a chef here in this in this camp I'm not gonna eat this food I'm biking all day I'm gonna lose weight and I just didn't eat my meals I so you're a Burning extra. Man guy yeah I love Burning Man okay I want to talk about it we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with Ben Glebe on Worse First Okay, we're back. So we were talking about Burning Man. It's a great break. It's a really good break. Do you feel good? Do you feel feel relaxed? I feel rejuvenated. I feel vaginally rejuvenated. Dead. Okay, so we're talking about Burning Man. So what made you want to go to Burning Man? Are you like a drug guy? Do you love drugs? I enjoy all the things Have you dropped acid? Yes, I did it only once. I dropped acid at Israel's Burning Man. The second Burning Man. Loved it. You loved it? Loved it. Have you done it? No, I'm too scared. You've not done it? I have mental illness, so I'm afraid it's going to open a vortex that I can't close. I mean, it goes one of two ways. It goes one of two ways, I guess. (laughs) Like, next time you see me, like, I'm not Britney anymore. (laughs) I'm Smeagol. Like, I just, like, feel like it's going to open my- Yeah, you're back to that skinny creature. Yeah. (laughs) Like the pineal gland. What's it called? The pineal gland is your third eye inside of your brain. Sounds right. So apparently when you close your eyes and you go like, okay, so think of French fries, right? You can yeah. see the French fries, right? Yep. But your eyes are closed. Yep. That's your pineal gland. Oh, that's weird. It's yeah. your third eye. I'm seeing right now. Yeah. yeah. So that's what opens apparently when you do drugs. I just finished the entire <laughs> sleeve of fries in my mind. So when you do drugs, yeah. it opens up that gland in I can your see brain. That. And so you don't do any drugs? No, because you I- You smoke weed? Well, not anymore. I used wow. to. I, I take CBD and I- you That's drink it. alcohol? 
No. Wow. No, I'm very like, because I my brain is already so um, crazy. And I finally, like, I used to have really bad panic attacks. Excuse me. And I finally got on top of that. And I'm like, haven't had one in so long. Knock nice. on wood. Um, <laughs> so paranoid. But I haven't had one in so long. And I've been feeling so good that I'm like, why ruin it? You know, like, I'm afraid I'm going to take a drug or do something or try something. Why would I want to ruin it? You know? Yeah. And nothing not against for people who smoke weed. Because I feel like weed is like not even really a drug, you know. But for, sure. for me, sometimes it really depended on the weed. If I smoke you know, a certain weed, sometimes I'd get really paranoid and then sometimes I would love it. And it could be like yeah. technically the same strain. But. I've been smoking weed like my whole adult life and I only recently in the last month and a half have discovered indica. I'm like, oh, you can have the kind that relaxes you and doesn't yeah. make your mind crazy? Yeah. Like it's always been for me like create, creative outlet that makes me nuts. Yeah. And like, But in a good way, it makes me like very creative and yeah. talkative and I think of things and I write bits. And But there's also the kind where you can just be like relaxed and that's been nice to experiment with that recently. Okay, so do you wake and bake? No, 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 no. no You're just I, like I, a smoke weed at night. Guy. I had that phase in yeah. my 20s. I was waking, baking for sure. All my friends would smoke. We would smoke to do everything. Yeah. Like to do everything. We're going to go miniature golfing. Let's smoke up. We're about to go play poker. Let's smoke up. Yeah. And then I remember one day I said to my group of friends, I was like, hey, guys, um, how about we try something normal? <laughs> Like how They're life's like, supposed oh, to be. Normal, boring. Yeah, I'm like, we don't need, <laughs> miniature golfing is just already fun. We don't need to also be like a little, the ball looks a little weird. You don't, you didn't need it. And I don't think they joined me on that, but I didn't smoke that one time. The first time I got high though, if you want worse first, it, I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it was very intense. You smoked too much. Yeah, I smoked too much. Cause I'd smoked a bunch of times and never got high. And then my friend was like, okay, tonight we're making it happen. So I had like eight bong rips, like huge bong rips. And I got so high, I was like hallucinating. Like, yeah, I've done that. My friend's face was turning into like a lion and into like all these different people, <laughs> into these animals. I ended up at a restaurant in downtown San Diego and I was like licking the salad dressing off the plate after I finished the salad, like a, like a soup. Still tasty, I don't regret it. <laughs> but don't you, when so, so for me, like that happened to me one time when I smoked weed with Snoop Dogg because his oh, weed is fun. so strong. Yeah. And I had been smoking weed for a while, so I was like, yeah, I can fucking take a couple of hits off of it. Not good. Bro, I left this dimension. Like, I was like, I am no longer a human being. I am a speck. I am a cell. <laughs> I have moving From fingers weed. and hands. From weed. Wow. I couldn't feel my legs when I walked. I was like, I'm paralyzed, Snoop Dogg. Like, I as thought, you were walking. Dead. As I was walking, I was jogging. And I was like, I'm paralyzed. Literally the opposite of the definition of par paralysis. So I love that. It was horrible. And he was like, damn, this white girl funny. And I was like, he thought I was funny, but I was just having panic attacks. But it was really crazy and traumatic. And I, that's like when I stopped because yeah. it was just so insane. And it was like the kind of high where you go to bed and you're like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep and I'll wake up and I'll be back to normal. Mm. No, I woke up the next day and I was still <laughs> motherfucking high. Oh, I had that experience. <laughs> I had that experience in, in college. One time, my, my best friend, that same guy, Scott and I decided to uh, have pot brownies. We we're going to make pot brownies. We had this whole plan. We were going to try edibles. to be like, we we're going to try to be gangsters for one night. So we tried to try to see if, if like a bad life would, would, would fit us. So we went to the market. We we're going to steal something from the market. We were going to try to steal an item and we were going to beat somebody up on the way home. And then we were going to go and make these brownies and get high and just beat up an innocent person. Yeah. We were going to beat up an innocent person and what? see if we could do it. We were very into Eminem's like first album and it made <laughs> us angry. And I can see how media can make you angry because it made me a very nice grown up in a nice Jewish home. Family still married. Parents still married. And I was like, I want to beat somebody up. <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't blame this on Eminem. It was his fault. I would never have this thought in my head before. It was his fucking fault, 100%. <laughs> Did you beat someone up? So we were driving, and we see these, like, two young kids walking on the street, and we're like, let's beat those guys up. No! How, like, them. when you say young, what, like, seven? No, <laughs> it was like a five-year-old. No, let's, beat these, let's go beat these toddlers let's up. beat the shit out of this toddler. <laughs> Go kick that fucking toddler in the head. <laughs> oh, mommy. God damn it. Dead. So, no, it was like they're like. This. Eight mile, bitch. <laughs> That's right. Look it up. He can't even count to eight. <laughs> Doesn't even talk yet. Dead. It was just like this 18 year old kids walking down the street at night and we were like, let's beat them up. Then we pulled up closer and we were like, they look nice. Forget it. So we didn't do it. But we thought about it. And then we made these brownies. And like, you know, sometimes when you bake pot it's not the good way to do it because like all the pot will go to one side of the baking dish and not the other and so like i just got beyond high i had like maybe plus more than an eighth myself if not more and i had these i was so high and, and i was a fraternity and the fraternity brothers started coming over to our house while i'm stoned one guy thought it was funny to fuck me he was like pile driving elbows into me i'm like stop it right now <laughs> eventually they left i'm on the couch in the living room and I just couldn't, I was so high. I took a business reply mail card from a magazine. I started drawing on it with an ink pen, a guy holding an umbrella. It became animated. It was raining on him. <laughs> I went in the backyard. We had a sloped like grass backyard in a big grass area. I was on the slope with a golf club in my hand, conducting troops. I was speaking to troops. I was like, fellas, we were going to go out there and we're going to attack. And there was no troops. And then I go back on the couch. I'm just diving from corner to corner all night trying to get sober and I couldn't. And the next day comes and I miss all my classes. And at 5 PM the next day, Scott comes home from class. I'm still high on the couch, like tormented. He's like, let me take you for a walk. He had to walk me like a dog. He took me for a walk around the neighborhood until I could calm down, breathe. I might've peed on a tree. I'm not positive. <laughs> and I finally felt a little bit better. It was intense. So do you do edibles still or no? Yeah, I still do. Do it, you? After, I love, I love how the most <laughs> fucked up shit can happen to people. And yeah. God's like, God's like, here, I'm going to make, show you what this is like. And you're going to learn a lesson. And people are like, yep. no, I'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and you promise you're not going to do it again. Yeah. And you then you do. make bargains with God. Yeah. I God, will not do this if again. If you just let me get through this, I promise I will never, ever do yeah. this again. Nope. And then as soon as you're sober, you're like, okay, God, I won't do it for a while. <laughs> Like, you're not going to hold me Why to that, Why do we do that? I don't know. I mean, I didn't do edibles again for a long time, and I still don't like them when they're, like, unportioned. Yeah. But now that they have these dispensaries where it's like, this is exactly five milligrams, now I can know exactly what I'm doing, and I'm fine, and I love them again. But I don't like it. I mean, I almost thought I was dying one time on edibles when I was with my family. I, t I tell the story in my special, Neurotic Gangster, available. What's it called? Neurotic Gangster. Neurotic Gangster. It's available on Amazon Prime and YouTube Dead. for free if you want. Okay. And uh, I tell the story, but I was so high that I thought I was going to die. I was at my parents' house with my brother, and we were all hanging out there as a family, and I, my brother gave me this pot cookie, and I ate two. He's like, eat two of them, and I eat two, and I got so beyond high. It was just not Why problem. two, brother? I don't know. He only had one. It was some bullshit. <laughs> he just wanted to fuck you yeah. up. Have three. Have three. Have milk with it, too. There's also weed in this milk. It's <laughs> 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 fucking dope. I not mention it's weed milk? That's my bad. And <laughs> this is Wilk. This is some Wilk. It's so bad. Oh my God. And so I just got so high and I asked for all these drinks. I'm like, Mom, could I have ginger ale and Sprite and lemonade and water and soda water and seltzer? And she's like, Sure, I have like six drinks in front of me. And I'm like, but I'm not telling her I'm, anybody in my family I'm too high because I don't want to disturb their fun time. This is like, <laughs> like they didn't drink. know. Yeah, but they didn't know I thought I was going to die. I'm like, I'm just dying quietly in the corner. I'm going <laughs> to let them do their thing. And 
at some point it was just obvious I had to run to the back of the house and I'd start projectile vomiting into a bucket. Didn't spill a drop because I'm a gangster, you know, that's <laughs> the way that works. And then I, but then I ungangstered myself because I ended up going and sleeping on the floor. I couldn't make it up onto the bed. <laughs> and I was sleeping on the floor and I asked my mother, I was like at this point, I don't know, a 35 year old man, asked my mother if she could sleep on the floor with me, holding my hand. <laughs> So if I started slipping off towards death, she would feel my descent and would wake me up and save my life. Did you say that to her? Yeah. Did she know you were high at that point? Yeah. Did oh, she, at that point she knew, yeah, yeah. Did you tell her, her your brother did it? Oh, no, she saw <laughs> us eat the cookies, but she didn't know that I was, like, tripping and dying. What did she think of you eating weed? Was she upset? No, they're, my parents are very supportive, understanding, and chill. So, like, the next morning, they all went out to, like, a deli. I'm like, I'm going to skip the deli. It's like a Jewish holiday. The next day, I'm like, I'll be fine for Passover, but I'm skipping the deli. <laughs> And I just stayed in and slept in a little bit, but it was intense. It so was wait, intense. Well, is your older brother younger? Younger. Younger brother Three fucked you up? Three years younger Damn. fucked me up. Yeah. He's all, who's the older brother now? <laughs> oh, he's Damn. always been kind of like the one that's more like advanced on things and gets me to try stuff. He taught me sushi. He taught me weed. He taught me a lot of stuff. Wow. But um, Do you just have one brother? Yeah, one brother. And then just your parents? Yep. Cool. And then he has two kids now and he's younger, but he's obviously, you know, a lot more mature. And... <laughs> But still, I, I, I enjoy weed. I don't do it often, maybe like maybe twice a week or something. That's good. But like I've had two moments where like weed people you're certain are weed stars. Or, and I like tried to like show off to them that I smoke weed, too. Like one time on my podcast, I had Bob Odenkirk on and he's like my favorite. And he had he created Mr. Show. I mean, he's better yeah. call Saul and Breaking Bad. But yeah. Mr. Show with Bob and David, one of the most out of the box, weird, psychedelic, trippy out-of-the-box comedy shows. And so he's on my podcast in my in my uh, living room at the time in my old apartment, and I'm like, so you guys obviously smoked weed when you were writing Mr. Show, right? Because I smoked weed for the show I was doing for National Lampoon Network, and they were for kind of similar shows. He goes, smoking weed? Of course we didn't. Are you kidding me? It was a very complex, detailed show. We had to map this to link to this to link to that. We couldn't have possibly done it. Maybe David Cross got a little stoned after we would tape, but never during, and I was like crestfallen. I was like, what? Wow. They did it sober. And then he goes, is this a, 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 a chunk of weed on your table? Just loose. I'm like, yeah, my mistake. You just thought he'd eat it. You just put it there like on a little napkin. It was in a little bowl of the oh grapes. Oh my God. Wait, who's the guy? I forget. Was like, I'm like totally blanking the comedian who just smokes weed all the time and has like a podcast and gets everyone high. Josh Wolf? No. He does that Josh too. Wolf does that. And then there's one other guy and I'm just totally blanking. Smokes weed all the time and gets everybody high. Yeah. I feel like there's probably a lot of comedians who do that. I know. Doug Benson. That's it. Getting Doug with High, I've done that getting a few times. Getting Doug with High. I did that even during my campaign. I was the first presidential camp candidate in history to get stoned during a campaign publicly. That's why you didn't win. Part, that's part of it. Because <laughs> all the grandmas were like, nope, he's a he's a drug doer. Yeah, I mean, during that <laughs> he's thing. He's on I, massive drugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. During that interview, I told a story about one time I did pot brownies with my dad, and he got really high. Your dad did it? Yeah. Why? Oh, we've had fun times. We've had some fun times doing pot Where does your dad together. live? In L.A. Did you grow up in L.A.? Yeah, I did. Where? I grew up in Behind the, Beverly the Valley Center. and then, then moved to what I call South Central Beverly Hills. We went to Beverly Hills Public Schools, so my parents got, like, the cheapest house I could get in Beverly Hills so we could go to the schools. And we just lived in, like, a lower-middle-class house but in this, like, fancy place. Do and they live this... there still? No. They live now in the valley. I live in the valley. And uh, we're pretty close to each other. 
But so I'm telling this story about how my dad got really high. We were playing golf and, and it hit him too hard. So I'm like, dad, I'll drive home. Okay. You're not handling this well. And, and I finished the story. gets a laugh, whatever. And it's, and then I goes to commercial break on getting dug with high. And my campaign manager in the back of the room goes, Ben, are you aware you just admitted publicly to driving under the influence of drugs? Oh no. I was like, okay. I didn't really notice it. I'm pretty high right now, but I mean, I've talked about it. It's in my special. It's fine. Whatever. It's all good. I draw. I don't try to hide who I am. You know. Dad. Yeah, it was wild. But so then, then the ultimate letdown moment of, of this was then I was asked to like, I do um, a couple voices in the movie, The Book of Life. It's okay. a cool animated I've movie. I've heard of that. It's an amazing movie, and um, with like uh, Channing Tatum and uh-huh. Diego Luna and all these Zoe Saldana and all these cool people, and so they asked me then to go do punch up on the whole movie and like add jokes to it as like a writer. And so I'm doing that with Gabriel Iglesias and and Cheech Marin. Oh I mean, my god, Cheech of Cheech and Chong. That's so, funny. And I knew he'd be there, so I'm like, okay, this is exciting. During lunch, I went, I smoked weed in in the car and came back stoned for the second half of the day. I thought it would tweak my writing a little bit. And so before we start back up again, I say to Cheech, I'm like, dude, I just smoked weed in the car, thinking he's gonna be so impressed. And he goes, Are you kidding? I could never do that at work like this. I'm like, fucking Cheech. Cheech, he's like, maybe. I'm like, you don't smoke? He's like, maybe at the end of the day I take a puff occasionally. Like, are you fucking Dad, he's like, I don't even smoke weed anymore. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> he's like. My mind was blown. Wow. It didn't deter me, but I'm, I'm one of the last it's men so standing. so funny you're like trying to impress all these people. Yeah. They're like, they're yeah, like, dude, that's inappropriate. You're a drug addict. <laughs> Why don't you just calm down? I'm like, it's weed. It's just weed. They're like, how unprofessional are you to show up to a job fucked up? That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, it's just weed. Oh my Some god! Some of my jokes I thought have made it into the movie, so you you, you be the judge. I love that. It Thank is you. it is really just weed. I mean, yeah, it's so it's innocent. Not so bad. I mean, except for like when you eat it, sometimes it does get. I, that made me think of the second time I did do an edible, and it was really horrible. Yeah, it was like a Jolly Rancher, and I thought, oh, because it's like a little Jolly Rancher, it won't be a big deal. Oh my god! Yeah, I oh yeah. literally left the planet. <laughs> like I remember. <laughs> driving home i was at the comedy store and i remember driving home from the comedy store and i felt like my car was a spaceship like i felt like my car was hovering above the ground and i was like like i literally like it was fucking crazy that's a weird moment by the way another i'm not stoned right now but because of this plastic shield between us (laughs) i'm seeing my own reflection sometimes so like i'll smile at your story and it looks like a like an eighth grade photo shoot where like i'm superimposed in the corner i'm like it's just really staring strange. at yourself. Yeah. You're like, by the way, I'm not high right now. All right, I'm a little high. <laughs> dead. I'm dead. You're so wasted. Oh, um, okay, so you've done acid. Yep. You've that done. Was you awesome. smoked weed. Now that you're not running president for president anymore, you can talk about all your problems. Yep. yep exactly. <laughs> you smoked weed. Yep. You've done acid. Yep. Mushrooms. You loved acid. You love mushrooms. Mushrooms are fantastic. Okay. Why? I've gotten. I get sick on them when I do them in in Amsterdam. I do them in America. I don't get that sick. But then I just throw up quick, and then I feel great the rest of the night. Why do I love them? They're amazing. It's just, it expands the way you see the world. You get insights to the universe. I figured out when on mushrooms in Amsterdam a million years ago, I was there with my ex-girlfriend, which she was my girlfriend at the time. And we did mushrooms like four times in 12 days in this trip. We were going to go like from there to Paris. We just stayed in Amsterdam. Wow. We had a blast. And then on, and on this one day in Vondel Park in like freezing cold temperatures, I was on mushrooms in this little playground area. And I figured out how to conquer being cold. And to this day, when sober, I can be not cold when I want to. What did you just I think can go of a in warm cold place? water. I can do whatever. I can. I, I've, to prove this point, I've literally stripped down to my boxers outside on like a thirty or forty degree night when everybody's like bundled up in jackets and scarves. I'm like, I'm fine. 
What do you do? How do you take yourself there? And then I've subsequently studied under Wim Hof, and he's a dope guy. Oh, did you go to that? Did you go to the center? The like Wim Hof like training. Camp I didn't go to the do? center. I was asked to host an event with him, so he's uh-huh. like a buddy now, and I got to like do an impression of him next to him and dressed like him, and he came out. I hosted the whole thing, but then after lunch, I was like, "Yes, you're coming out. You're very excited. You're harness your internal heat." And he's like, "That's not what I sound like at all." I'm like, "Yes, it is. You sound exactly like this." And it was like the super yeah. the Spider Man meme. Do you want to explain to people who sure. don't know about the Wim Hof method? Will you explain to my audience? Sure. I don't even really remember exactly how he teaches it, but I can tell your audience how to conquer being cold if you'd like. Well, explain, yeah, whatever you feel comfortable with. (laughs) (laughs) Explain what you know. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to teach shit I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But stuff I do know. Um, So, and I mean, Because I know monks do this and things like that. They can take themselves, change, literally change their body temperature just by thinking a certain way. Yeah, but I don't even think it's that. To me, it just came down to a very simple realization I had. So I was in this park, and all of a sudden, I was like, I was very cold, and I was in this jungle gym, this metal jungle gym, and all of a sudden, I was like conducting heat off of the metal. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, wait, there's like heat places. You can conduct heat. And I just had a realization that we're cold because we feel the sensation of cold on the outside of our skin, right? So when you're cold, you feel like the pinpricks, like millions of pinpricks of cold hitting your body. And especially when you go in cold water, but even when you're outside, you're like, just, and you go into panic mode, right? You go in like, Ooh, you start shivering. And you're like, oh my God, I got to get a, get a, get a jacket on right now. I got to get inside right now. This is, this is fucking bad. But that's not true. It's just an alert system. The pinpricks doesn't need to be interpreted as pain or as something bad or as cold being like a problem. It's just an alarm going off saying, eventually you want to, seek shelter because this is too cold to survive in long term mm-hmm. so just it's like literally like a like an alarm on your phone going off being like eventually get inside wow you got some time but we used to live outside you didn't have to instantly get a jacket on you had to like go back to your cave and get there within the next six hours and then you know try to be near a fire at night mm-hmm. and so i just realized that that the sensation of cold isn't that big of a problem it's not an emergency and then I also realized that even though you're feeling 40 degree, 30 degree, 10 degree weather outside hitting your skin, that's just external. Inside your body, you still have 98 degree blood. Mm-hmm. Not even a thin liquid, a thick liquid. Mm-hmm. And not even sitting there, constantly coursing through your veins. Coursing to every extremity. Your fingertips have hot blood circulating through there's a furnace in your body that is sending heat everywhere so you you don't lose that heat the moment it's cold outside your blood doesn't drop to 50 degrees or 30 your blood's still at 98 degrees it takes like your body temperature drops like a half degree each hour outside or something Mm. it's minor i mean you can't drop many degrees before getting very sick but you can drop a little Mm -hmm. and so I just remember that and I just try to focus my thoughts and my feelings on the inside instead of the outside. And you get warm. Yeah, I just feel, but you don't even get warm. You are warm. That's the big shift you have to realize. Wow. You have that heat. So when I go in the ocean and it's freezing cold here in California where it sucks, it's so cold, mm-hmm. I feel the pinpricks all over my body, but I'm just like, oh, but I'm still warm inside. And I just think, oh, I'm, I try to feel the heat inside me and I'm totally fine. And That's can, so cool. It works very well, and people are resistant to hearing it usually and don't try it. 
especially girls who get cold very easily. I'm so cold all, all the All the time say to me. All the time. Hey, I'm sure, but I don't want, well, you can't if you don't try it. <laughs> if you don't actually try to do this, yeah. it will, of course, I could actually be like on the beach in Tahiti and be like, I'm cold. Like I literally, <laughs> my husband's like, I'm going to kill you. Like he can't even open the door at night when it's like 70 degrees out. I'm like, it's freezing. Yeah. Like I'm such a little cold will, person. Will you try this? I will try this. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely going to try it. I think I believe in a lot of the mind over matter stuff. Right. I really do. Cause it's actually so interesting. And I mean, this doesn't really apply, but it kind of applies is like I take a little tiny dose of an antidepressant still yeah. every night. And one night I was in bed and I was so sure that I didn't take it. I kept convincing myself, you didn't take it. You need to go take it. Da, 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 da. And I would know if I, as soon as I get up and go to the bathroom, I put the pill on top of my pill jar every day. Right. So if it's gone, I took it. If it's there, I didn't take it. Right. right. So I'm laying in bed and I'm telling myself, you forgot to take it. And I start feeling the brain zaps and like you start to get sick if you don't take your stuff on time. And so I started to feel like weird and heady and like, oh, my God, like I didn't take it. I'm starting to feel fucked up and blah, 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 blah. So it's like two o'clock in the morning. And because I'd woken up out of my sleep, did I take it? You know, my anxiety brain. And then I'm sitting there for like, a you know, I don't know, 15 minutes, just too lazy to get out of bed and be like, oh, did I take it? Did I not? And just questioning myself. Oh, I definitely didn't. And then I start to feel weird. I get up, I go to the bathroom. I took it. Yeah. And then as soon as I saw that I took it, you felt perfect. I felt perfect. And yeah. it's just so weird how crazy your mind is. And it's so weird how even when you're afraid that you're like fucking up your whole everything, yeah. you can also still be like, but I'm also lazy and don't want to get out. Right. Yeah. Like it's yeah, still, exactly. it's not that bad that you want to get out. It's, it's, it's weird. It's like all the time this happens to me is I'll think something's wrong with me and I'll go to the doctor. Like I had chest pains recently for like, each morning, I had just like weird chest pains. Like, what do you mean? Just felt like my chest Sharp was like in your heart. caving in, kind yeah, of. Yeah, in the like middle. Like someone was stepping on me. It didn't seem right. The breastbone. Yeah. And I went to the doctor and got an EKG and blood tests and x-ray. Everything's good. And everything's good. They told me instantly. And the next morning, I don't have it anymore. It's gone. Why did I have it for a month every Anxiety. morning? And then the second it's told me it's fine, it's gone. So Anxiety. weird. I used to do that all the time. I used to get that all the time with my anxiety. All the time, I would literally go to the doctor and be like, I'm having a heart attack. And I would get so worked up about it, I would mm -hmm. work my heart rate up to like 160. Jeez. It was crazy. And I'd be laying there in bed and I'd be like checking all these devices and like it'd be like hypertensive crisis, blah, 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 <laughs> yes. blah. And I'd be like, I gotta go to the hospital. Yes. You know, and I would go and I would go and I would go and they'd be like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you have anxiety, you have anxiety, you have yeah. anxiety. And I would just finally, I stopped checking. Smart. I was like, I'm fucking done, man. You got to stop checking. Like, yeah. People that have health anxiety, like I do, mm -hmm. like it was the constant, like checking my oximeter, checking my right. my heart rate, checking my fucking blood, checking right. this, checking that, check, 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 check. The checking, it's just like it reassures you for like a little bit, and then a month later, you're like, well, something could have happened in a month. It's you know, true. like my tri my triglycerides, whatever that means, might be off. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't even know what I was talking about. Yeah. I bet in my cholesterol, who knows? That's through the roof. Like, you know, I. Now, now you know I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night wondering if I've taken my pill from the top of my pill bottle. I'm going to be freaked out and then realize that's just your life. <laughs> Do you take anything? No, I don't. No antidepressants. No. No anti-anxiety. No, I, I, I have a pretty, pretty, I good guess, pretty it. good disposition, good. I think, naturally. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of the time, I mean, I guess I do use weed sometimes and alcohol to just, you know, whatever. But yeah, but I don't need, I haven't been prescribed anything like that. But I did it one time. I'll tell you one more story about a... Uh, time where my hypochondria from <laughs> weed led me to the emergency room oh i'm i'm with you i feel that yeah oh yeah go ahead i was at a casino i was at commerce casino 
and decided it was a good idea to get really stoned with my friends and put on a costume of this loser hypnotist character I used to play called Zoran Zoran, blonde mullet wig, blonde mustache, and go. I thought, oh, he's a hypnotist. I'm going to be able to control everybody's mind at the table and win a lot of money. Yeah. And I go to the casino and lost $600 in like an hour. <laughs> and I didn't realize, oh, yeah, more than that hypnotist, the character is a loser idiot. Like I had no cards. I was like 2-7 off student. I'm like, all in. <laughs> People are like, call, call, call. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I was bluffing again. All right. And I lose all my money. And I'm like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And so there's another comedian there. Like Lee KT Tatar was there. Uh-huh. And he gives me a ride home. And during the ride home, I feel like I'm, I'm having a stroke. I mean, half my face feels droopy. I think that's one of the things. Part of my arm feels weird. I'm like, I'm having a fucking stroke, but he's do me a favor, give me a ride. I'm not going to ask him to take me to the hospital. I'll just be polite. Were you in the costume? I was still in the costume. <laughs> still in the fucking costume. <laughs> so he drops me off. Oh, my God. And I go upstairs, and I frantically... WebMD, what I'm going through, and so I'm leaning forward on the on the like grates of my computer desk, WebMDing, and it says droopy face. I'm like, I got that. Oh shit, part of your body feels numb. I'm like, I got that. And then it says streaks of red on your arms, and I look at my arms, and there's streaks of red on my fucking arms. And I'm like, I got three out of five. I'm having no. a fucking stroke. So right then, Scott comes home, and I'm like, I'm having a stroke. I gotta take me to the emergency room. Takes me to the emergency room. And they bring, they're about to like check me in. And were I'm, you still in the costume? It's still the costume. <laughs> still in the fucking costume. At some point, I took the wig off. Still had the mustache. Still had the fucking necklace. No. And and uh, and I said to the woman, "I think I'm having a stroke." I smoked some weed. She goes, oh, "Okay." I'm like, "But it's not the weed. I'm having a stroke. I'm pretty sure I know the difference." I'm You're like, "Don't talk down to me." <laughs> exactly. She's like. This happens a lot, but I'm like, trust me, this is different. They bring me in. They put, it's always different it's with always, us, right? Yeah. We're so time. narcissistic. Yeah. It's I know science different. better than all of your medical Listen, history. I'm special. It's yes. different. Yes. And so they put an IV in my arm and Scott's there with me. And all of a sudden, my heart rate goes to like 1600 beats a minute. No, he freaks that's out. impossible. He freaks out. He's like, what the that. fuck? So he yeah. calls the nurse in and they're like, you, you were just moving your arm. You were just like shaking the machine. Yeah. It's fine. You're like at 120. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Like the number went off the charts. Yeah. But it was just me moving my arm. And so then Scott's like, I think you're okay. I'm going to leave you. I'm going to go home and sleep. And he, he stays there and I'm stuck, stuck there all night with like this ridiculous thing. I took the mustache off. I still have like a spirit <laughs> gum, sticky fucking lip. And I'm sitting there and then I don't see a doctor till the morning. And the morning. Because they knew you were just they knew high. Just they're time like, they, because they check your vitals. And if your yeah. vitals are pretty normal, they're like, all right, this guy's just. 100%. And in the morning, the doctor comes in. Finally, I see a doctor and he goes, okay, so here's potassium. Potassium's a little low. You can take this pill if you want. And I take the pill and he goes, and here's a booklet um, for drug abuse classes you should maybe consider going to. And I said to the doctor, uh, doctor, with all respect, it was just weed. And he says, with all respect, you're in the emergency room. For like, just touche, weed. Touche, touche, good point. Yeah. So I took the packet and then I threw it in the trash can outside. And <laughs> there was a Mexican fruit stand. I bought two fruits, one for me, one for Scott. And to thank him for taking me to the hospital, I went home. We had delicious fruit and probably smoked weed again, I think, minutes later. So, you know. God bless our healthcare workers. Can you imagine how many times they get set that that yeah, fucking happens? That's not ideal. I that was happened the first time I smoked weed ever, and I was with my roommates in college, and I wanted to go to the ER, and they're like, "No, bitch, calm down, <laughs> drink some fucking water." Like they made me pee. Like they literally wouldn't let me call nine one one, which made me freak out more because I was like, "Ah, they want me to die! <laughs> like, you guys are gonna kill me!" <laughs> 
you're gonna go to jail. Like they were like, you fucking dumb bitch. Like they were you're like, you're putting your murder yeah, on yeah, their yeah. back. They, That's I was nice. Like, <laughs> like in the chair, just like heart rate super high too. I was like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. They're like, you're breathing. Yeah, right now. you're breathing right you're now. Calm down. Think of the guy with the melons of the market. Okay, just try to think of something. It's like it's so stupid. It's so stupid. That's hilarious. Yeah, now think, telling all these stories back to back, it seems like I don't have a great response to weed, but I'm telling you out of the thousands of times, this is like isolated four or five incidences. Dead, then you call me tomorrow. You're like, hey, I'm in the ER again. <laughs> I had an edible a little bit too much. Hey, I'm but... thinking about running for office again. Could you burn this podcast we just did? Is that possible? Dead. I don't um, have any desire to run for office good, again. Good, please But don't. it might happen when I'm like, like 60 or something. <laughs> Who knows? Well, when the world would be in a much different place than I mean, that's the benefit of Trump. After Trump, there's no, there's, no. there's, there's no rules. Anyone can. There's literally yeah, no. I rules. heard The Rock is running for president. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> he actually seems like he might be a good. You could be on fire and on acid and like with your nine wives, like on a fucking, fucking merry-go-round, and declare your candidacy. People are like, <laughs> I think he's a chance. He seems serious. I can't. Oh my god. Okay, I loved having you here, Ben. So this was much amazing. Fun. Okay, so people know where comedyclub.com. Yep. And then are you touring? I am about to do my first in-person headlining date in forever at Helium in Indianapolis on May 11th. And then I do this live streaming comedy show 4 days a week with Steve Hofstetter and Chris Bowers and Rachel Gallagher called The Social Distancing Social Club, SDSC. I love it. You can go to sdscshow.com to see where to get the live stream. It's on all my socials, but we're doing a live one of that on May 12th at Helium. May 12th. The okay. following day. And then just, I recommend anybody listening, check out my weekly show. Almost weekly, I do at Nowhere Comedy Club called Gleeb Off the Top, the crazy filtered madness show. You can Gleeb get Off the to Top. It. This Gleeb is the one where the you get high and you put on different facial fil- filters. That's, that's correct. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Tune in, guys. <laughs> and then I do a monthly show with Greg Proops, the improv legend from Whose Line Is It Anyway, it. where we do improv games in nowhere. So we do a lot of fun, weird stuff. It's a lot of fun. Great. And my I podcast is called Last Week on Earth that Brittany Ferland will be on sometime Last soon. Week on Earth. That's yeah. scary. Well, we just cover everything that happened during the last week. Oh, okay, good. It's I just a it weird sounding like- title. <laughs> This is our last week. On if Earth. I get stoned, I, I probably be freaked out by my own podcast. But normally, I'm fine. I love it, guys. Make sure to go follow Ben and on Instagram. You're just at Ben Gleeb, right? At ben Gleeb, and that's Twitter, G L E I B. That's correct. B N G L E I B. I love it. So I love good it. to see you. Oh, so good to see you too, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of War Stars, and we will see you all next week. Yep, I won't be here next week. So <laughs> this was a one time thing for me. <laughs> I'll be Brittany will be back. She promised. She'll try her best. Bye, guys. <laughs>waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.